Welcome to the Rosenbox, where dancers go for show prep and candid chat. I'm Claire Kretschmar, and I'm Aron Sands, and we are dancers with New York City Ballet. Welcome back, listeners! Another episode, riveting episode of the Rosenbox. I have Claire Kretschmar with me here today. Hi, Claire. No way. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to be here. You're invited. Thank you for coming. (laughs) Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the difference in the process between being in a new ballet, being... um, Brand new. Brand new. Something choreographed on you. Yeah. And being part of uh, older or something existing in a rep, but perhaps being new to you. Yeah, or something that you've done that's an existing rep that you've done repeatedly, yeah. too. Yeah, how about things you've like, been doing for, like, the past decade? Yeah. How do you keep them fresh? Hmm, how do I personally keep them fresh? Or yeah. just in general? Yeah, I would, love, I would love to hear what you have to say, and also I would love to hear what Ashley Hot, yes. who will be stopping by um, yes. in a little bit, um, has to say as well. Yeah, no, she's, I'm excited to hear what she has to say. But, uh, yeah, for me, keeping it fresh... Yeah. Claire Kirchmar's 10 steps to keeping it fresh. <laughs> <laughs> um, first, I put on a really nice spritzer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, okay, so keeping it fresh. I think fine-tuning the details consistently and just working on those things that challenge you, that keeps it fresh. Finding new layers in the musicality. And sometimes that is like, how you discover the music but sometimes it's also when you have a live orchestra or just live music in general and there's different tempos it just is forced upon you to keep it fresh because they give you something different Mm -hmm. and new partners or new new like just dancers on the stage Mm -hmm. with you Mm -hmm. that adds a layer of freshness to it this is a natural thing that happens just as you get older Mm -hmm. you have different perspectives on like so many things in Mm -hmm. life that, again, if you look at your work with the eyes that you have now as like a 30-year-old versus the 18-year-old you were when you were Mm -hmm. in the company, Mm -hmm. like it's going to naturally have a a new layer of depth. Absolutely. Uh, Or if not depth, then just a a new layer. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. How about you? Do you have any? Same. I was it, sometimes when they redo the costumes. Oh yeah, that that helps a little too. Like, it does. okay, I feel I look a little bit different. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Going back to what you just said about listening to the orchestra, because we rehearse with the piano a lot, mm-hmm. but then it doesn't sound anything like it when you have a full orchestra. Well, no, it's not necessarily entirely okay, different. No, different, but, but like it's fuller. And sometimes what you're, there are certain notes that you are yeah. searching for that the piano gives them very clearly, but then yeah. it's like another instrument in charge mm-hmm. of those notes. Mm-hmm. So that's when I talk about it sounds completely different because it is the same note, but being down by a different instrument, it's very different. It is different. True, true, true. It is very different. So uh, that's another, that's something that I always look forward to revisiting a role is that I have listened to the orchestra enough times to know what instrument to expect to be hearing that sound from and yeah. really use the sound of that instrument to help me take the step. Mm-hmm. And you only gain that with like time and listening yeah, to it. Yeah, experience. Because when you listen with orchestra, it's so rich. There's so many layers and you always find new tunes, new things. And um, like 
you know when you first get in and then maybe the person, the rep director who is teaching it to you or the dancers that have done it before, you're like, oh, yeah, and then you just one, two, three, you you will hear the trombone and then that will be like the one or it's a silent one, but then you're going to hear the trumpet come in and then you're like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't, yeah, I don't like, know what you're talking about. My ears about. aren't ready for this. But, yeah, my ears aren't ready for that. I don't know what I'm hearing. And for me, that is one of the most satisfying things is being comfortable with the music as time goes on. Yeah, it's almost like you can kind of sing it as you, oh. like, do the part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel that's a way to keep it fresh because you're like, I know the music even better than I knew it last. So it feels, like, new. Yeah, it, feels, and... it feels that I'm doing a new take on it based on what I Because you have more trust. Now. Like, you kind of have more trust, trust in the music. But doing something new is also very, very exciting. And I would love to hear what was like because... I know when you first got in or soon after you got in, you weren't part of a new ballet. And that is rare for a, a first year yeah, board Yeah, I remember member. not even understanding the novelty and the, right. like, mm-hmm. yeah, of that or just how special it was to be in a new piece when, uh, I guess, when you're young. But, yeah, I think we were on tour somewhere germany germany thank germany. you yeah yep we were in germany and i read the schedule and it said like new martins like this was when i was maybe 18 and i don't think i knew what that meant exactly or i looked at the schedule so late in the day that other people actually came up to me i remember sarah adams was like claire did you see the schedule I was like, no. <laughs> I'm like, I'm eating a German pastry. <laughs> um, You're in German time. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, it was it was a surprise to me. I didn't really know what it meant. I didn't know how physically, mentally, and emotionally demanding being in a new piece is because I I think that was one that was either the first time ever that that's happened to me maybe not the first time ever I in school I had been in an, right. maybe Involved a few with. new pieces yeah. but this was the first time at New York City Ballet so obviously the stakes were very high but again I didn't really know what it meant and there were only four dancers in the cast and I believe I believe that's a small the, cast. I know and I believe the piece of music was maybe 8 to 10 minutes it was a hefty piece of music for four dancers mm-hmm. So I think I actually lucked out with, like, the least amount of taxing dancing. Mm-hmm. And I remember Taylor Stanley lifting me a lot. Poor guy, he he was, he did, like, three pas de deux and maybe a few solos in this piece. But, and I lucked out with just some, some nice steps. And, uh, but, yeah, I mean, bottom line, it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I also remember... Uh, getting in touch with the costume shop because new costumes, new costumes. We had new costumes by Jay Mandel, who's you know big fashion designer. So all of these things were very exciting to me. Of course, the dancing was exciting, mm-hmm. but yes, it was just a big deal. My family came up. It was a lot of work, of course, mm-hmm. to make the piece. I mean, it's always exciting, and you never know what to expect. I um, remember that piece. Like, I remember vividly the costumes, the hair for it. What was my hair? Wait, I don't know if was I remember yours particular, but I think oh, it, it was a wave. it was a low bun with a wave yes. in the front. Mm-hmm. You're so right. Yeah. yeah. And also remember, uh, uh, there's a point in the choreography that either you four go off, like, 
each corner we or do. come come in, maybe both even. Everybody comes in yes. from each corner mm-hmm. of the stage. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. I was just going to say about a new piece, too. There are all these elements. It's like the choreography is one part, certainly, but there are all these elements that are new as mm-hmm. well. So it's a lot. It's a It's a big... Celebration when something. Yeah, it's a, it, yeah, it's a big like collaboration, it's a and big especially collaboration. if you're not familiar with it. Yeah, it can be a little overwhelming at times. Yeah. Do you prefer like being in new works, or do you prefer being in existing works? I love existing. <laughs> and I why? love existing. <laughs> Tell us why. Um, I think for several things, but one of them is that I like history, or I'm I'm passionate about like knowing the history of things. Mm-hmm. So in a new ballet, you're creating history, which is beautiful. But I love the research process. I love the learning and doing something that has already been choreographed that it's so explicit in like, this are the steps, this is the music, and it's been worked out to be, you know, a masterpiece. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's an much more you can add to it than just like yourself and finding your way in it. That I love. Yeah, there's like clarity and peace clarity. with that. Yeah. Yeah. And also like whoever is rehearsing you like they know it well. So it's kind of like you're either I don't want to say you're right or wrong, but like you're either on the music or off the music. And while doing a new piece, it's like a lot of work on like figuring it out how to make it this new thing that there's no wrong or right. Like you can do it this way and the choreographer might like it, or you can do it a different way, and the choreographer might like it better or worse. And it's physically demanded in two very different ways. Yeah. And, yeah, there's some people who have the talent and the gift to do that kind of repetition for a new piece. Mm -hmm. And that they're also just gifted at moving in a way and connecting the steps that, like, very innovating and different Mm -hmm. and they're able to offer a career for a new vision and new ways that it's just fascinating. Mm-hmm. I love all the little details, like the marks in the music book. Oh, the history. Like, yeah. You're yeah. right. It is all From history. here, it's like, yeah, this is called like, or like they refer to that point in the music with like a specific. Yeah, there's something of an heirloom feeling to these notes in the score yes. of the pianist. Yeah, music where it references something like, I don't know. Country dance. Country dance. A Ron's jewels. Like, you know, it'll yeah, be something not, random. It always make sense. Or sometimes it's like, oh, um, Darcy's entrance, because she was like the original that yeah. part. So you have a lot of the original cast. Yeah, and it does really make you laugh. Like, say, for instance, that there was a ballet made on you and the choreographer what said like we're gonna take it from Aron's jazz mm-hmm. and then that would go down in history like, yeah, for that the future how, yeah, cast that's the mark every the book. dancer who did that role um, or who did that ballet would know okay we're gonna take it from Aron's jazz mm-hmm. and that would mean something particular and like you would have been that person and I guess what I'm trying to say too is there's history in the ballets that have been made but also with these new ballets you're making you're the history, making the history. Yes, so yes. there's this potential for you know we're kind of making these heirlooms that show up in the notes in the score mm-hmm. and 
in the costumes, like little details in the costumes or Oh, yeah. That's the one of the things. I love wearing a costume that has a bunch of tags of the people that have worn it before. Yeah. And I think that's very special. It is. It is very special because you're... Yeah, because that, that garment has touched the same body that graced the stage literally. during the same role. Uh, literally, that costume has touched the body. And, yeah, it's it's cool how much the, the physical and the, like, more metaphorical and emotional mm-hmm. elements of our job come together. Also, I love listening to the music and studying it, so being able to, like, go to the library and watch different tapes... I find that fascinating and very yeah. entertaining. Yep. If you're in a new piece, maybe you can listen to the music if you have the track for it. But but that's about it. You that's can't about do it. much more because you just you don't know any of the details except yeah. once you start to learn right. the steps. But yeah, you can't do your research per se unless you research the choreographer or the set designer or something like that. Mm-hmm. But there's not as much research because the ballet hasn't been made. So... But again, we're making history. Exactly. And to explore some remarks on these topics, we would love to welcome Ashley Hod to the pod. Ashley Hod pod. I know. I was going to say it. I was like, who's going to say it? We've been calling it the Hod pod, the um, pod because it just has a nice ring to it, you know? Hey, Ashley Hod. Welcome to the Rosin Box. Hi, thanks for having me. You are welcome. Okay, so today we're going to talk about uh, being in a new ballet versus being in an existing ballet, like something that's a part of our repertoire, Mm -hmm. like a George Balanchine work, a Jerome Robbins work. And uh, what are the similarities in terms of the process? And what are the differences? And then also, what is it like to perform them as well? But first, can you tell us a little bit about yourself when you joined the company, where you're from? Sure. Yeah. So I am originally from Great Neck, New York, born and raised in Long Island. And I commuted every day to go to the School of American Ballet from eight years old until I was 17. So I did nine years at the school. And then I joined New York City Ballet in November of 2012. And I've been with the company Ever since I was promoted to soloist just last month, congratulations! So <laughs> that's exciting. Um, yeah. But I've been with the company for ten years, and I really love it here. Awesome! Yeah. And you have also just participated in a new work, uh, Justin Peck's Partita. What was that like? I mean, uh, we were Aron and I were talking about how, like, what is it like to just see that you're called to a new ballet. So, yeah, I don't know. What, what yeah, are your Tell thoughts? the listeners how a dancer finds out that they're in a new ballet. Mm-hmm. So, typically, we find out our rehearsal schedule every day at 4 p.m., and it's all written down in a nicely organized Word document. And when you're called to a new piece, it'll say in one column, like, for example, for Justin's Ballet, it was New Peck, and then to the right of it, it'll have all of the last names listed. So I was just looking at the schedule like any other day, and I saw New Peck, and there were eight names for um, ladies and four gentlemen, and I was one of them, and it was an awestruck moment. It was really, really cool. I'd, I've never been... I've been in New Ballets before, but I've never been in such a small piece, mm. so or been in a featured role in a New Ballet, so it was definitely very exciting. 
Oh, that's awesome. And then your uh, promotion to soloist happened kind of during, was it during the process? It was a little towards bit. The end? It was towards the end. It yeah. was right before we premiered the piece, like a day or two before we premiered it. So I was rehearsing the ballet um, as a core member, and I was really excited to be one of mm-hmm. the two core members in the piece. Mm-hmm. And then I got promoted just as it was premiering. It's like the cards were lining up. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And at that point, when you see your name on the rehearsal schedule, you don't know anything, anything. else, anything else about the ballet except yeah. the people that are called to rehearse. Like, you don't even know if that's the full cast necessarily. Yeah. You don't even really know technically if you're in it. I mean, you can True. kind of get a glimpse of whether or not you're an understudy based on how the schedule's written, but you don't know if it's the full cast. You don't know what you're going to be doing. In this case, we didn't know whether it was going to be point shoes or sneakers because mm-hmm. Justin's done a lot of new sneaker ballets. Mm-hmm. So I had heard through word of mouth from one of the dancers that was learning Tyler Peck's part, and they had told me it was in sneakers. So that was how I think we knew to come prepared with sneakers. But mm-hmm. other than that, it's really just a blank canvas. And did you bring your own pair of sneakers, or is there a special shoe that they give you to rehearse with? I came in my Keds, so whenever we do Opus Jazz, Jerry's Opus Jazz, Mm -hmm. we have Keds, so I brought my performance shoes from that that they let me keep, um, and I wore those for majority of the rehearsal period, but then about halfway through, Justin told us we were going to be working with, I think he wanted like a little bit of a heavier sneaker, Mm -hmm. um, because the Ked has a really streamlined and thin look, so we transitioned into uh, Reebok, which was a little bit more sturdy, and I actually love that shoe. Me too. It was. Um, it was really comfortable. Yeah, it was really comfortable. I guess I should tell people. Yeah, yeah Claire also. was also. <laughs> the cat is out of the bag. <laughs> she was one of the four. Yeah, we worked on this Females. for a, a few months together, and yeah, I did like the Reebok sneaker because it was sturdy, but it also had a nice little cushion layer. Yes. That when you jumped, it felt like you were landing on a little cloud, as opposed to the Ked, which is super flat, and you feel like you don't have a lot of. The Ked felt even less supportive than a point shoe, in yeah. my opinion. It's because it's so it's flat. so flat. Point shoes are pretty flat, and it the requires point you shoes to use really your... snug to your foot. That's true. And the Keds stretch out. I mean, pretty much any sneaker or shoe yeah. stretches out over time. And so having um, worn those for Opus Jazz, and then having another dancer wear my shoes for Opus Jazz when I put them on, I was like, wow, these Ooh. are really spacious. I see. And also wearing socks sometimes is it starts to move. Yeah. In there. It's just a, a, a different feeling, mm-hmm. and I suppose we can ask you now, how did wearing the sneaker open up new possibilities in dancing, in your dancing and in, in the piece, and then how did it also close off some of like what we usually do in point shoes? That's a great question. Um, I feel like the sneaker allowed me to be more free as Mm -hmm. a dancer, which is something that I continually strive for Mm -hmm. every day as an artist. I think that ballet, one of its most beautiful aspects is how technically perfect we strive to be. That technical aspect is really challenging, and I find it fun to try Mm -hmm. to perfect all of those little aspects. But I think with the sneaker, you have more room for error. You have There's a greater margin to kind of push the boundaries, Mm -hmm. so to speak. So for me, I really try to let my whole body move and flow in the shoe as opposed to the restriction of a point shoe where you're either on your box, you're off your box, you're turning, you're not turning. But with that said, it was a little bit harder for me, I think, physically to hit specific like technical 
yeah. landmarks mm-hmm. because Justin's choreography is so specific and it's not your traditional, you know, balancing technique. Mm-hmm. And so I, I had a little bit of a hard time for me putting my twist on his work. It's so specific and I wanted to do it so right and so well for him. Um, so I had to really kind of push myself through the piece, whereas in a point you, we've trained our whole lives to kind of grow and extend and expand our technique. And so not having that to fall back on, it was a, it was challenging. Yeah, and I think too, like a few things, there's a different way that you can balance in a sneaker and different ways you can weight shift yeah. than you can in a point shoe because like you said, when you say like pique onto point, just step onto point. You're fully on your box. Yeah, you're fully on and if if you're off, you're gonna fall. Right. But it's a little bit different with a sneaker. If you're off, you can kind of you have a little more grounding. Right, mm-hmm. and you can use stay. your upper body to yeah. move around if you're falling off, mm-hmm. which is something I'm not really used to as an artist. I feel yeah. like I'm used to that on or off feeling and striving for that. Um, but weirdly enough, I actually felt like jumping was harder for me in the sneaker, maybe because the shoe was a little bit heavier. I felt yeah. like I had to exert much more energy to get to that fullness level mm-hmm. in the sneaker. And that's coming know. from you, who is like yeah, a you're jumper. queen of jumping. <laughs> Ashley Hot has a fierce jump. Yeah, a lot of the spring. <laughs> what are the difference demands that being in a new piece could have versus being in a piece that has already been choreographed? So I know there's a lot of repetition or different mm-hmm. kind of repetition. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So being in an existing ballet. It kind of is like brushing your teeth. It's like the muscle memory really kicks in when you get back into the studio and you're rehearsing a piece that's already been done. So there's that uh, physical element that isn't as strenuous because you can take it easy one day. You know you've performed it. You know you can excel in the step. So not every single day has to be 150% pushing as hard as you can. With a new piece, you don't have that clarity. You don't have that consistency because it's never been done before. So I feel like physically, new ballets are a lot more demanding. Mm -hmm. Every day you have to push yourself to figure out how does this step work because it's never been done on stage before. Mm -hmm. And also the choreographer's never seen it before. So you want to give him or her the chance to fully encapsulate their vision and get bring it to life on stage right. it's a responsibility and every time yeah yeah that's the thing that you gotta deliver every time because they there's a lot that hasn't been figured out yet so yeah. they have to see it at the full potential mm-hmm. to have an understanding on how to link steps yeah with one another yep and new york city ballet i feel like what's so unique and special about our company is that we perform a lot Mm -hmm. And so with that, drawback comes less rehearsal time. So we kind of have to organize as a company how much rehearsal time is going to new ballets versus existing ballets. And I feel like new ballets get a lot more rehearsal time as and as they should because it hasn't been done before. So with that comes more hours of work. I mean, we put hours and hours and hours into Partita Mm -hmm. while we were while we were dancing the Nutcracker. Yes. And then while we were preparing for winter season. Yep. So. Physically, it was really hard and challenging to run Partita for three hours and then 
go back to the theater and get ready for the Nutcracker. Yeah, or like I, I think about like one day I was with Oran. We had a chunk of rehearsals for Partida wearing the sneaker, and mm. then right after that, I had a rehearsal for the the Padida and the Nutcracker, and had to put on a point shoe and you know try to pursue excellence right after being in a totally different mm-hmm. shoe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have to not only wrap your mind around being back in a point shoe, but your your body, it doesn't just shift from being in a sneaker to a point shoe so easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is, I mean, that's a common trait of New York City Ballet is we're constantly, yeah, we're yeah. juggling all of these different styles and a, a really... A rigorous work schedule, yeah, um, which is always exciting, but um, it's yeah. physically and mentally demanding. Yeah, it's a, mm-hmm. it's hard to make that shift. Yeah, and then in the rehearsal process, how do you gauge how much to give to the choreographer in the sense of your artistry or your suggestions versus how much do you? just receive the information like do you have like a a mantra in your head that you that you live by when you're in these processes to help you gauge how much to contribute and how much to just uh, say okay I'll try that that's a great question for me I really love to watch when I'm learning a new piece and so I really try to see like for this piece how Justin did the step Mm -hmm. and then for people that have been in many Justin ballets like Tyler Peck Taylor Stanley for example they've been in so many Peck ballets I'll watch them do the step over and over again until I feel like I'm ready to try it and then once I've tried it I think it's a matter of practice makes perfect you try it over and over and over again and going back to the last question I think that's what makes it so physically demanding Mm -hmm. is that you don't try it the first time and it Mm -hmm. and it's right it's very rare that that happens Um, So I really try to just use my eyes and my ears. I listen to feedback and really just give it my all in the studio. There's really no taking it easy with a new ballet. I think it's all one big experiment. And something that Justin said to us in the piece, like during the rehearsal process, which I thought was really special, was that we were guardians of the language. And I love that because Justin's ballets have such a distinct vocabulary and language, so to speak, and we were, like, protecting it. I think that mm-hmm. was what he said, and nurturing it, and I think that that's how we're going to carry the ballet forward. I mean, def- Partita's mm-hmm. unlike any other ballet I've ever danced, Yeah. and so I think that was a really fun part of the process. Almost like a steward of the vision. <laughs> steward of the vision. <laughs> yeah, Aron's going to have a shirt that says, I'm a steward, steward of, of the, the vision. vision. <laughs> um, he was laughing to me earlier that he would never say that. Well, uh, <laughs> Claire, so in her little notes, Claire wrote one of the <laughs> questions down, naming, I don't even know how you refer to it, but she, one of the questions had that term. She created that term as a steward of the vision. And looking over, I was like, yeah, that's a Claire Krishmer question because I never came up with that one. But I like it a lot. Thank you. You know, there's there are no new words. Maybe there are only new combinations. <laughs> okay. That's what you get there. Well, I, I noticed you mentioned the, the observation of Tyler Peck and, and Taylor Stanley, who are like um, Peck experts almost, due to how many times they've been in his ballads. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting the 
facility of how they understand due to the repetition of being in his work versus mm -hmm. like being someone a little more new to it and pointing out how that is something common through choreographers through time to use dancers um, that kind of understand or they're just more suited to their vocabulary and their style and musicality and how important it is to look at those people if you're part of the, the new mm -hmm. piece in order to even have a um, bigger and more full understanding of what the choreographer is looking for. Yeah, I think it's like, it's a wise move on a, a dancer's part to like say, oh, I maybe am not as well versed in this choreographer's language, but I know these people are. Yeah. I'm right. going to not only watch the choreographer, but I'm going to watch these leaders who really know the style mm -hmm. to further understand how a dancer, yeah, a current dancer does them. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I think it's, it makes a lot of sense. It's mm -hmm. a wise move. Yeah. I think um, one of the most valuable tools you can have as a dancer, as an artist, is to know your strengths and to mm -hmm. know your weaknesses. And mm -hmm. for me, coming into that process... It was a little daunting for me knowing it was going to be a sneaker ballet because I feel so at home in my point shoes and classical, you know, growing up at SAB, neoclassical and balancing training, that's what I had. And so I feel like I excel in those ballets. Mm -hmm. And it was a really good challenge for me to broaden my horizon, so to speak, in my rep. And do you feel like the knowledge and experience that you have gained through being this new ballet could be an addition to your classical rep and like your classical approach to things? Definitely, definitely. I think that it was the first thing that we did because we had to delay the winter season by a week. Everything mm -hmm. got shifted. And so we ended up doing Partita opening night. Mm -hmm. and first ballet First too. ballet ever. It was the yeah. first thing that graced the stage for our 2022 winter mm -hmm. season. And then three weeks later, ended up doing Balanchine's The Four Temperaments and had we not delayed the winter season, it mm -hmm. was supposed to be reversed. We were supposed mm -hmm. to open with the four temperaments. Yeah. And so I feel like it kind of worked to my advantage, at least, that by the time Partita had been performed, I felt so free and I felt like I had um, grown so much as an artist that when I did get to four T's three weeks later, I felt this sense of abandon that I feel like I wouldn't have had had I not done Partita first. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, and with Partita also... I remember Justin right before the premiere saying, like, we've ironed out all of the details of this piece, and now I just want you to, like, feel completely yourselves in it because you have worked so hard mm -hmm. to understand the details that now you can trust yourself to have the freedom. Yeah. And it's such a great nugget of wisdom to receive before doing any role, honestly, because then all of a sudden you're like, oh, yes, I do have what it takes to do this. Mm -hmm. And now I just need to be the biggest, fullest artist on stage to honor the piece. It takes the pressure off a yeah, lot. It and does. it makes for a really fun collaborative experience. Mm -hmm. And it was it was a joy. Yeah, which could you talk a little bit about the premiere and how like how did you feel on that day? And were there any last minute changes that you had to negotiate? Something funny about this premiere was that we were fiddling with the costumes a lot mm -hmm. until the day, until hours before the show. I think for Justin, it was really important to get this piece and get the vision accurate to what he 
wanted, you know, it was a really special piece because we had the eight acapella singers and it was so incredible to dance Mm -hmm. to Caroline's group. Yep, Caroline Uh, Shaw. Caroline Shaw. Yeah, and Roomful of Teeth did the music, performed it live. So I think that there was so much that was so unique about this piece that we he wanted to get every aspect of it right. The sets, the lights, the Mm -hmm. costumes. And I think the costume is like the final thing to come together and we were, you know, making small adjustments to that and I think that once we got to the premiere everyone was just so ready to dance the piece we had been doing it for months Mm -hmm. and I remember the line was out the door at the David H. Koch theater and we had to wait on stage for about 15 minutes yeah we had to wait on and so we were all ready five minutes before curtain but we ended up standing on stage for 15 to 20 minutes practicing the steps laughing Justin was back there with Mm -hmm. us and it was this crazy amount of adrenaline and the piece actually starts with all eight of us in a little huddle Mm -hmm. center stage and we stayed in that huddle for about 10 minutes (laughs) just laughing and conversing and it was a really really cool and special experience I don't think I've had a premiere like that where the curtain's gonna go up you're on stage the lines out the door at the theater ticket sales are insane True. And adrenaline was was high for everyone, for the audience, too, mm-hmm. because we had just shut down the last two weeks of our Nutcracker performances. Everyone was ready to come to the ballet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did feel very special. Yeah, that I mean, that collective adrenaline that everyone is new and everything you're doing is also new, It's it can be quite inspiring. Yeah. Justin said a word when we first started doing this piece. He was like, this piece of music is holy. He said something Moly. like this. <laughs> he didn't add moly at the end. But he said that it's holy. And I think, well, specifically with regards to Partita, mm-hmm. the voices, when they ascend mm-hmm. to these oh, high we places. We all heard that, those voices for Oh, months. yeah, tell us about that. <laughs> That's another thing about new pieces is the repetition, not just the step, but the repetition of listening to the same You hear music the music over and over and over, and over, and over, and over, over again. Over. Yeah. And, yeah, this particular piece of music is a cappella mm-hmm. singers, and t- you guys rehearsed it with a recording of it. Mm-hmm. And a loud one at that. <laughs> so um, everyone who was not involved with the piece but happened to be at the theater, could mm-hmm. um, um, we got a good listen to it mm-hmm. for several weeks. Yeah, it's like the all-natural Spotify. Right. <laughs> Always. Yeah. Um, your favorite song on repeat, hopefully. Yeah. There is something just unrepeatable. Yeah, and that was about the premiere. That was what Justin mm. had said too. He had po- posted something on social media, and then he reiterated it right before. I think it was in our last rehearsal. He was like, "This will never be done exactly the same way again. It will yeah. never be the same audience. It will never be the same time." And like, art is such a fleeting, especially ballet, it's such a fleeting moment. And so, just enjoy the moment that we're in. We're we are all humans even more than dancers and we're just coming together and we're doing a dance and mm-hmm. it's it's really not much more than that and I think that took yeah. the pressure off of all it of did. us mm-hmm. it really did yeah uh, yeah and to add what I was saying is that also it's new to the audience like that mm-hmm. audience has never seen it no one in that theater has ever seen that piece done to that music mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. before yeah so that is quite exciting yes yeah whereas like you know, the things that we have in our existing rep, 
they know what to expect. But here's the comparison. There have been times where we have done a ballet and maybe the whole cast was new to it. They have never done it, but it was already an existing piece. Mm -hmm. Right. So like perhaps all the principal casting of Midsummer was new, yeah. but we've been doing Midsummer for like mm -hmm. centuries. You still know, the audience still knows what steps exactly. are about to be Exactly. They danced. know what to expect. They know uh, what they're looking audience, for. You know what yes. I mean? Because some yeah. people, yes, they could true. come and they've never seen That's true. It. But yeah, like an audience who has been to New York City Ballet before right. has likely seen some right. of yes. these staples. Or Nutcracker. Let's, yeah, the Nutcracker. Uh, Nutcracker, we have a lot of returning audience yeah. for that. You'll they know have, what the music is They know what to expect. Some element of it is a repeat in some way, yeah. whereas this premiere, every single element was brand new and was fresh and had its own take on it that had never been done before. Right. Yeah. Which always gives you a little room to be like, well, there has nothing to compare it to, so if I don't do that step exactly so, yeah. like I rehearsed it. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. They, no one will ever know. And then, unfortunately, what happens sometimes is, like, our rep directors will go back and reference the premiere video oh. to teach it oh, to yeah. the future cast. And then if you happen to be in the room and they're teaching it to the future cast and you watch the video and you're like, oh, um, that, <laughs> I wasn't supposed to do that. Yeah. And... So technically it's wrong, but like the premiere said that's right. So well, Justin had said that. He was like, typically you watch a premiere back and it's not entirely accurate. It's, it's not true. entirely together. Yeah. There is so much adrenaline. You are just giving the craziest performance of your life. Mm -hmm. Second show gets a little bit more together. Third show is probably the best. He was coming up with this, you know. Yeah. Which theory. This his theory on yeah. how the ballet ends up being performed throughout a season. It progresses, it grows, it changes. And I think that's what's nice about having repeat ballets in different yeah. seasons. We did it so much in a, such a short period. We performed it over two weeks only, yeah. and then we put it to sleep, and now it'll come back to life in our spring season. And come then again, it. yeah, come see <laughs> yeah. it. And then again, I think we're taking it to DC, to the Kennedy Center. Yes, to DC. So yeah. we, we get, yeah, we get multiple chances to. If you don't get revive. to sit in the city. Get Come on to a bus, DC. get on a train, go to D.C., <laughs> take a yeah. look at it. Truly, it, though. It's going to be new to D.C. The D.C. Yeah. audience haven't seen it. Yeah. Right? No, it's a, I'm excited to take it to these different places or to take be it on in the a road. different scene. To take like it on, to yeah. it on the I road. I do like to go on the road with yeah. stuff. It's fun. Also, I mean, tours, that's... Yeah. Check out our tour podcast. It released. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be interviewing it, people on the bus. No, we already <laughs> did it. We did it with Mark Anderson. <laughs> Well, we uh, we and had Daniel, a, a podcast on touring, yes, yes, but yes. I would love to be on tour. Take the podcast and on tour. Oh. Exactly, taking the podcast Ooh. on the road. Okay, stay tuned, listeners, all 150 million of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going a little back to um, doing a premiere a little different. Sometimes you do it a little different. The steps is not quite like you talked about it, but what about when the choreographer likes that better? They're like, oh, well, you did that differently that time, and I kind of liked it more. So now you have to change something that you've been rehearsing for months to do this kind of new version that the choreographer almost finds more interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's... It the, happens. At the end of the day, that's the name of the game. If the mm -hmm. choreographer wants that, you make the switch, and muscle memory maybe isn't so happy about mm -hmm. that because you've rehearsed it this entire way, but I think that's what keeps it exciting, and that's what keeps it alive, and that's something that will change. I mean, I don't think that a ballet 
would or should ever stay exactly the same mm-hmm. because it is such a fleeting experience. I think that as different dancers interpret the movement over time, things cha- change or more so they grow and flourish. Mm-hmm. So maybe if I don't do Partita next season or if we switch cast and my alternate does it, she'll have a different take on it and the step won't look the same or it may she may even change this up completely and Justin will like it and I'm totally mm-hmm. okay with that. I mm-hmm. think that the ballet should grow and evolve. Yeah. So having all this feedback on what's like to be in a new piece, completely new, brand new on you, can you tell us what's like to be new to a role that has already been choreographed? Ooh, and it's that's... like a, sometimes a major part of a rep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that happens a lot. I mean, most dancers, when you start in the company, you are joining existing ballets mm-hmm. or existing Balanchine ballets that are our staples. And you have to do your research, or at least I like to do my research. I already referenced Forti, so I'll just stay on that um, topic. Mm-hmm. I did one of the four girls in Phlegmatic my whole career, from Apprentice until just a couple years ago. So, Claire, you did too. We oh, did yeah, that we together. Were a team. Yeah, mm-hmm. Flemmy Girls for Life. And so that was what I knew, and that was my experience with the ballet. And then just last season, I started learning the Sanguinic Potida and that was a huge deal for me. It was one of the biggest roles I've ever done thus far, and I wanted to make sure that I really encapsulated Sanguinic as a temperament, and so I went straight to YouTube and started watching Meryl Ashley do the part. I found videos of Tyler Peck and Sarah Mearns and Ashley Isaacs, and I love to just watch everyone put their spin on it so that when I came into the studio, I had an idea of what the steps Mm -hmm. already were, and then through that rehearsal process, how could I make it my own, Mm -hmm. and how could I put my Ashley Hod twist on it? And I don't think you ever really fully know until the curtain goes up. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you can practice the step a million times, but this was something that our rep director, Katie Tracy, told me. The first show of it, I felt very in my element, but very aware and very present. I felt like I knew every step that I was doing, and I did it true to me as a technician or as mm-hmm. a dancer, but I didn't really fully flourish as an artist. So for the second show, she was like, you know what, just let go. Forget about the technique and just let go. And I think that that experience in Partita really Mm -hmm. helped me grow and have that abandonment and be able to fully let go. And so I feel like having the research and doing all the rehearsals, that all is super important. But when you get out on stage and the curtain goes up, it's all on you. Whatever Mm -hmm. happens, happens. And you just have to let yourself do your thing. Yeah, that's, it's great that you had that experience with Partita. You're like, I actually know what this feels like to be free as an artist on stage. And so now I can apply it mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. this new role of an existing ballet yeah. that is like a very iconic role. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in a way, hopefully, perhaps be less afraid to do that, to yeah. trust yourself to be free. Exactly. And it was definitely frightening for me because that's one of my challenges as a dancer is to fully let go and mm-hmm. not be super in control all the time. But it made for such a fun and exhilarating performance, and I'm hoping that we'll carry that into next season. But I think that, like we were talking about earlier, being a part of a new ballet and pushing yourself and pushing your limits as a dancer really, really helps with the existing rep that we do all the time. Yeah. It is not easy. No. It is not easy to do a new part Mm -mm. because you try to do them all. You try to, like look at people mm-hmm. and take the best and the things you like most from those takes. Yes. 
and you also try to do your own. And, and you try to have fun. And you try to have fun. And be in the moment. And Remember the, the moment. steps. But um, <laughs> yeah, but really listen to the music and and be open to like have to adjust because it's a new part. So like your partner's also helping Tricky you Tricky partnering. It out. Yeah, exactly. Lighting. So, lighting. Lighting. We, yeah. We don't always for dress rehearsals get lighting if you're not the first cast. And so that was a challenge for me with that part mm-hmm. was to not have a rehearsal with the bright yeah, white lights. It's really bright. Mm-hmm. And to not fully be in charge of your performance when you're dancing a potata and you have the responsibility of a partner mm-hmm. next to you. So it's really like you don't know how it's going to go. Yeah, you just have to take it and lot. run with it. You know what the perfect recipe, like the perfect meal is for me? Mm. Is doing a new part with someone that has done it. Because it's like you're new, but they're not. But so they so, know what's going on. So it's good because like if anything happens, they they there's a way of communicating or taking charge at a moment where yeah. like... You might be lost a little bit in the music or they have done it enough to correct any Weird kind of thing. mistake that might happen. They had the experience. Yeah. That's why Peter Walker and I were such a disaster in Sanguinic. Like, not not in the show, like in the rehearsal in the process. process. In the because process. we were both brand new. Out, yeah, anxiety central. Yeah. And like, yeah. Yeah, it does. It's reassuring to have us a more senior... Dancer. Also, when someone that have done it, they have so much to say that you feel really spongy, and and there's you a there's a beauty there's a beauty to do something new with someone that hasn't done it either. Like mm-hmm. the two of you are new, it's exciting, it's new. You're figuring out for yourself, you're finding your version. Yep. But doing it with someone that has like so much to say on the matter, I always find it so fascinating, and so enriching. And then with ballets that you've already learned. Mm-hmm. What is that process like? Like, how do, how do you keep it fresh? Like, this kind of freedom and fresh that we're talking about, how do you keep something that you've done for so many years or, or even just a few seasons, how do you keep it fresh? I think that the rep we do is so unique and so challenging in so many ways that there is always room to grow and always room to keep it fresh. I mean, there's you, that you can even do that from performance to performance mm-hmm. because no performance is the same. Mm-hmm. And so... When you ask that question, what comes to mind is um, Balanchine's Agon. I've been doing the first pas de trois since I was 18 or 19 years old. And it comes back so often because it's such a masterpiece. Every season I ask myself when I enter the studio for the rehearsal process, how am I going to make this even more fun and even more challenging? Because it really feels like, I already said this phrase before, but it feels like I'm brushing my teeth. Like I, mm-hmm. I close my eyes and I know the steps. I, I don't even need to count them anymore. And mm. Agon is such tricky counting, you know, Claire. Oh my God, don't yes. you love that? So don't totally. you love that to have to not use that part of your brain to count or to like be um, searching for like the, the note or mm-hmm. that that part of the music to just do it. Yeah, and I think for me, that experience will allow for me to let go more in mm-hmm. the next season. Exactly. It comes back in the spring, so now that I've had this partita experience and then I transferred it into my Fortis experience, hopefully I can you know, take that into a ballet that I've done almost my entire time in the company. Is there any way in which some of these ballets that you've done for so long help you in the process of learning something new? Like uh, being a part Absolutely. of a new ballet, like is there a reverse of what you've talked about with Partita and Fortis and Agon, is there a way that Agon has helped shape you in new works? Absolutely. I think that 
dancing Balanchine ballets, especially dancing black and white ballets like Agon, um, Forte, Stravinsky Violin Concerto, there's this relationship that you have with the music and this connection where the music just carries you through. And I think that Partita was very similar in that Room Full of Teeth carried us through the piece and we really had to work together with them um, it was a true collaboration. Yeah, and these so, live musicians. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that aspect of those existing ballets that I've already done really helped shape how I approached the new ballet. Whenever I am a, a part of any ballet, really, and if I start to overanalyze too many things, one thing I think about is... Um, <laughs> why are you Go laughing? On. We're, Go both on. Of, we're both <laughs> overanalyzers. We think about a studio. lot of Go things. On. We like to make the details mm-hmm. as close to perfection as we can. Yep. But when I start to do that, I'm, I take a step back and say, how is my body going to match the music? How does this music make me feel? And how does, yes. How, I take a step back and always exactly. try to ask myself that because when you get caught in the perfectionism of it, it's not as fun, and I think you lose the bigger details. Maybe you're yes. focusing on the smaller details, and you lose the bigger details of mm-hmm. how am I going to connect with this music, and how does it make me feel, and how will it make the audience feel? I think yes. that that's really, at the end of the day, what we're trying to do. It is, and it's so great to remember the bigger picture mm-hmm. because audiences see the big picture. They hear the big picture. They see it. They're not they always looking at every it. small little no. detail that no, your no, foot's no. pointed or your knee is straight. Yeah. It's not, I mean, obviously it's important, but it's not everything. And you really like the Nutcracker too, right? Oh, it's I'm my get, favorite time yeah, of year. I love the Nutcracker too, and one of my favorite reasons is because... My eyes are wide open. <laughs> Go on. Is because all of the family members who see the Nutcracker... Like, when you see their faces, like, not just my family members, but just families in general, Mm -hmm. when you see the faces of little kids or, like, really anyone who's out there in the audience, and this is their first time at the ballet, they're so touched by the whole thing, by just, like, coming to the the promenade and dressing up. And hearing the bells chime when the lights go down. You're giving them a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Yeah. So it's really, really, I, at the Nutcracker seasons, I always remember, wow. It's magical. It's very magical. So, yeah. It transports you into yes. a different place. And I mm-hmm. think, like you said, Nutcracker really, it really does that. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been a pleasure to have soloist dancer Ashley Hot here with us discussing the new, the old, the borrowed, the blue, all of the above. <laughs> Thanks. What's blue? Thank you Balanchine for having blue. me. The Balanchine oh, okay, okay, blue. Okay. Are you kidding me? Well, it was a little out of context. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For those who don't know, the Balanchine blue is this like classic tone of blue that is used as the background of mm-hmm. um, several Balanchine ballets. Yeah. To me, beautiful. I thought Serenade just now, but I guess I didn't know that. Okay. Good thing we clarified. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All in all, Thanks, Miss Hod. This was a treat. And that was a blast. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys. Bye. Do you want to plug? Do you want to tell us where we can find you? Instagram, Twitter? That's so awkward. People don't do that. I never do that. Okay. Oh, my. (laughs) I never do that. Delete, delete.